Hello, everybody, and welcome to Same Team. My name is Daniel Trainer. This is usually an LGBTQ sports podcast. For people who listen to the podcast regularly, uh, thank you, first of all. But we are going to be doing things a little bit different today. It's the end of the year. Things are winding down. This episode's coming out on Christmas. And I thought, what better time to switch things up and reflect, right? I mean, that's what we're all doing this time of year. I think it's important. And we're going to get into a little bit of sports talk, I think, at the end of the podcast in kind of an interesting way, at least I hope. But uh, we're going to take a look back. And when I say we, I am sitting across the couch from my guest. He is not welcome to talk yet. I have a very esteemed guest. And we thought it would be fun to go back and look at the year that was, 2019, and look at movies, TV shows, music that we all liked, uh, or the both of us liked. I suppose we're probably going to fight about the things that we like and don't like. No, we ha- we're not. Okay, he's yelling. There's a microphone in front of you. Um, you can't talk yet. Uh, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be freewheeling. We're going to kind of just you know discuss the year that was, and, and then maybe at the end get into what we're looking forward to to 2020. Because uh, I think it was a really fun year in entertainment, and it certainly was in sports. And again, thank you very much for listening to the Outsports Network and to this podcast. Your support throughout the year has been really great. So I wanted to change it up and have some fun here in this kind of weird holiday week. And now I will bring in my guest, the man who knows nothing about sports. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome him to the Outsports Podcast Network and to Same Team. My guest is Xander Poxod. Xander, how I don't how do I even define you? Artist, former um, comedian. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. A scruff hookup gone awry. Oh, okay. We're getting into it yeah, right off the bat. Xander and I are uh, uh, best friends, basically. Uh, pretty good. You're one of my five best friends. Sure. Okay. Um, formerly lived together in the Hollywood mm-hmm. area for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, have been friends. How long have we known each other now? I we met right before I moved. So like six, a little over six years. It was like August of 2013. Okay, he knows the month. Creep. <laughs> um. Wow. So yeah. So we've known each other for a long time. We've been through some things as friends, and now here mm-hmm. we are sitting on the couch recording a podcast. Yeah. The, the fans have been waiting for this <laughs> moment. Uh, Xander, did you ever think you would be on a sports podcast network? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Uh, so let's get into it. I, I, I'm excited to do this because as much as I love talking about sports, I am a pop culture nerd, and I get into that on the show sometimes. But it's going to mm-hmm. be fun just to dive all the way in. So. One thing that I know about the two of us is that I watch a lot more things than you do, and you play a lot more things than I do. So we're going to talk video games, which is going to be fun because Xander has been big in getting me into the world of video games. I'm still very much a novice, but uh, it's been really fun to learn, and he's been a great teacher. So he's going to talk video games in a little bit, but let's start with, should we just start with, oh, also, a thing about what we're going to do today as well, uh, for Christmas... I got, I'm vegan, by the way. Oh, people are turning the podcast off. Um, I got a box of all vegan snacks from my brother and his girlfriend, Brian and Nikki. Thank you very much. Shout out to them. They don't listen. Um, (laughs) It's a box full of snacks, and we're going to go through and just eat as we talk about the year that was and maybe sort of review these snacks. If there are any, like, ASMR freaks out there who love listening to people eating, this is the episode for you. Yeah, and if you don't like that, uh, I don't know. Turn it off. 
Yeah, we'll we'll do that. It's an it's a interesting look uh, box of of. There's stuff. so much it's, stuff yeah. in here. It's crazy. It's from the Good Grocer, which I'd never heard of before. It's a great gift idea. Just if anybody is. Curious. To be clear, is this a sponsored thing? No, or? I wish. Okay, so yeah. if we hate it, we this can talk episode, Yeah, oh, no, it. oh, we're talking shit. Okay, yeah, good, but good. I know I'm going to love it. Um, all right, do you want, yeah, I'm going to give you this to start. I'm oh, giving, we're doing it now? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're starting now. I'm hungry. Um, okay. okay, so I'm giving you, this is a protein cookie, double dark chocolate uh, made by Monk Pack. I've never heard oh, of it. Yeah, I love them. Okay, okay here you go. So, you start with that. I'm gonna start with. Um, oh wait, these aren't. Oh, I, th- I thought it was, there was like a good grocer brand. This is no, it's all different brands. Got it. Okay. Of stuff. It's pretty cool. All right, you're gonna start with that. I'm gonna start with this chickpea rockin' ranch ranch chickpeas made by Bienna. This does sound like I'm getting paid to do this. I promise you, I am not. No, but I think we're just so nerdy. Like, if if we end up liking it, we want to get you know. I just love is. listening to people review stuff. Yeah. Do you, like. Um, one of my favorite podcasts is Doughboys, and they yeah. review fast food restaurants, which sounds maybe to a layman or somebody who's never heard it, the worst podcast of all time, but it's the best just because they're great. It's hosted by Nick Weiger and Mike Mitchell, and they're very funny, and they just talk about fast food in a way that is really charming. Yeah, and I, like I just like listening to people talk about food and snacks and stuff. I love snacks. So I think that it also it's something that pulls the whole country together. You can put that down. Yeah, I know, but this is gonna be hard. I'm gonna have to put the mic down at certain times. Well, I think you're just gonna have to trust me with airtime. But oh my god, I'm handed over the podcast. I think it's because inter- like if you're in you know the part of the country, if well if you're in LA, we don't have a lot of chains here, so this is exotic that's, to us when we you know talk. That's about- not true. We don't have chains here. That's not true. No, but like we don't have a lot of fast food and stuff. This is stuff that Doughboys talks about. So to us, it's you know okay. Famously, the Doughboys record in Los Angeles and every restaurant they go to is in LA. Oh, I, I don't leave my street very much. <sighs> no, there's not a lot of fast food here, though. Yes, that I, I don't, there's like one I don't know everything. how to respond to that I because it's from just not true. the suburbs where there's like, you know, when you say like I went to, you know, Taco Bell. Like, I could walk one? to an In-N-Out, a Wendy's. There's an In-N-Out here? It's right at the end of my block. What? By the coffee bean? This is mm. riveting. These um, are really good. Okay, wait. no, not by the coffee bean. Let me let me open my uh, protein okay. cookie. So we're gonna start with movies. Oh my god, I'm just ta- eating on the mic. What a nightmare. So we're gonna start with movies, and it's good that you're here because two of the movies I want to talk about I actually saw with you. Oh, it's chocolate chocolate chip. So it's like a chocolate batter. I didn't. Okay, I did say double chocolate. So. Well, that can be a few You could listen. Um. Two of the movies that I liked the most this year I saw with you. Do you know what they are? Yes. What? Well, I mean, I saw two movies with you, so it must be. Uh, first was Booksmart. That's correct. And then the second was Parasite. That is correct. I don't think we should really waste any time talking about Parasite, as uh, it has been discussed everywhere, and uh, rightfully so. It's my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. But um, And it's you know, also, you don't want to spoil anything. It's, it's so much of that movie is not knowing what you're walking into and what movie it is and what it turns into so if you haven't seen it please go see it it's great yeah exactly if you haven't seen parasite what are you doing uh go see it but i would like to talk about booksmart the other movie that we saw this year one of my favorite movies of the year and one that has really stuck with me booksmart somehow olivia wilde's directorial debut which had you told me at the beginning of the year that uh, I'd be still remembering Olivia Wilde's directorial debut at the end of the year. I think I would have smacked you across the face. But she does an unbelievable job. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, it 
stars Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein, who are both fantastic in it, and just tells the story of these two young girls who have been good girls throughout high school, and as as their time is winding down, they want to have sort of a crazy night before they go off to college, which I think sounds a little hokey and kind of cliche, and maybe something that feels a little been there, done that, but I th- I think it's wholly original, and I, I think it's just a meditation on friendship and getting older and, and what it means to sort of grow with somebody and kind of grow apart from somebody at the same time. It's very funny. I cried. Great performances. I I loved it. It's one of my still one of my favorite movies of the year. What'd you think? Yeah, I'm, I agree. Uh, we saw it together. We immediately loved it for similar reasons. I love, whether it's a, a drama or comedy, one of my favorite, you know, um, I guess things about movies is, is a great or the, uh, my favorite kinds of movies is a big ensemble cast and this one has so many different types of characters and it, it is such a to, to watch so many characters get their their own you know not just like one scene where they shine but multiple scenes they have re- like every even like tiny little side character has multiple really memorable jokes it's just a choreography that is so well synchronized and just lovely to watch and it's very impressive i mean i'd say this as i don't know much about filmmaking but it's impressive you sure to see. sound I, like you do choreography synchronize don't even know what you're talking about i, I have a thesaurus right in front of me. um but yeah for for a directorial debut it, it seems you know to a relative layman's eyes it, it seems like a really ambitious type of movie to make for a, a first off and so i'm very proud of my olivia i know i kind of am too i she does she takes risks too. I mean, it could have been mm-hmm. very boring by the books, but a lot of the stuff she did. Also, Billy Lord is oh, so God. funny. Maybe my favorite, like, would be on my supporting actress ballot, probably. Yeah, I thought she was scene stealers. She's her. so so great. But yeah, Booksmart is fantastic. I would urge everybody to go see it. And also, I mean, uh, unsurprising that I'm a fan of a movie directed by a woman starring two women. Um, yeah, good, you know. good. Uh, you know, the good representation. Yeah, it's great for female people's. representation. I mean, there's queer representation yeah. in it as well. Uh, it's really great. Uh, so, okay, I'm looking at my list. It, it's been a funny year. So I've only seen, and I'll say only, and you'll say, what? But I've only seen 41 movies this year. Fuck. Which is so many. low for me. I'm t- I typically top out probably like around, I would say around 55 or 60. And I'll, pro- I'll still probably get there this year. Like, there's still at least... 10 that I'll see so as we're recording this movies that I'm dying to see that I still have not so I can't talk about them are Uncut Gems which I'm very excited about Little Women 1917 I haven't seen Um, those aren't those come out on Christmas Day Mm -hmm. the day this podcast comes out so I haven't seen those but movies uh, two I want to briefly talk about and then three maybe a little bit longer and then one is a movie I saw two nights ago that I need to meditate on with you for a second Okay. Uh, two movies that I saw that I loved a lot. One, The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe, Robert Eggers directed it. It's phenomenal. It's so funny and so dark and scary. It does so many different things at once. The performances are great. It's this black and white horror, dark comedy, sort of a tone that I, I haven't seen maybe ever. It just does everything so delicately and does everything so well. I thought it was really successful and good. And then, again, sort of a movie like Parasite that everybody's discussing. I don't know what I'll add to the discourse, but I loved Marriage Story, which is available on Netflix now. So if you haven't seen that, Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, Laura Dern. Uh, great. 
Noah Baumbach, I'm a sucker for his stuff. I love him as a director and as a writer. Just very, I mean, it's very actory. It's very dialogue heavy, but I, I love all that stuff and really enjoyed it. You haven't seen either of those, have you? No, I haven't seen either of those. So not not knowing much about either, which one would you say is the better love story? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, that's a really good question. I meant that jokingly, but you can answer it. Oh, The Lighthouse is sort of very much a love story. Okay. Uh, sort of. Oh. These chickpeas are really good, by the way. Well, well, I was going to say, should we Do take want a some? break? And, uh, sure. Yeah. Here. They're good. Um, they're, they're both very different love stories. I mean, The Lighthouse, uh, I heard somebody describe it as like, it's like the ultimate roommate from hell movie. So you and I should relatable. Yeah, you and I should have seen it together. But um, they're yeah, they're both great. I mean, Marriage Story made me cry. It's just it's really it's it's a little sappy. I don't know that it's perfect, perfect, but for me, it, it hits almost all the right notes, and I loved it a lot. Three, I do want to talk about maybe a little bit more that aren't getting as much attention everywhere in the world right now. One is a movie called Diane. Mm-hmm. Have you and I talked about Diane? We talked about. I haven't seen it yet. I love Diane very much. It's available to stream on Hulu. It stars Mary Kay Place, who is phenomenal. Just sort of one of these gritty veteran actresses who you've seen in a bunch of stuff and has never really quite, at least recently, gotten the due that she kind of deserves. And this, she's fantastic in this movie. It's just sort of, uh, it's about the small town, small sleepy town. Mary Kay Place's son uh, has addiction issues. It's about her life with her family and her friends and growing older. It's such a pleasure to see an older actress really get to sink her teeth into a role, a movie that's all about her great supporting cast. It just feels very lived in and real and authentic. It's like one of my favorite movies of the year. Mm. Check it out. That's on Hulu. Uh, One that's good for this podcast is a movie called High Flying Bird. Mm. Have you and I talked about this? Yeah. Yeah. So Steven Soderbergh made a movie about basketball and, uh, it's great and it's from and god see we are gonna have to look stuff up on the podcast now because it's by for the life of me cannot remember it is written by the guy who wrote moonlight whose word whose name i cannot remember at the moment which is driving me nuts what is it just talk amongst yourselves what do you have to say xander um i uh, how's your cookie give us an update please Oh, you know, it. well, let me look at that. Terrell Alvin McCraney. Okay, you're done. Um, Great movie. It's If you're a sports fan, I think it really strikes a lot of those uh, interesting notes. It's it's done in a way that I think pays homage to basketball. It's smart about basketball. It doesn't feel hokey in a way that I think a lot of sports movies does. I mean, this focuses on a sports agent who's played by Andre Holland, who was also in Moonlight and great there. Uh, Just a great movie. I really enjoyed it. And still, you know, Soderbergh is like cranking stuff out like crazy, shot on an iPhone, sort of. Yeah, this is the second movie he's done on that, the first being Unsane. At least second. Yeah. 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 It was great. I I really enjoyed it. I think people who listen to this podcast would like that as well. And then the final one that I really love that I've told you about that you need to watch is an animated movie called I Lost My Body, Mm -hmm. which is on Netflix now. Uh, A great movie. will probably be an Oscar nominee for animated feature. It's it's uh, briefly sort of about uh, this young man who we find out loses his hand. uh, And then the story, it's a love story, but it's also about his disembodied hand trying to find his way back to his owner's body in a very beautiful way. 
sounds really dark and some of it is but it's just like very moving and very good great score the music is great Hmm. um so those are the ones this year that i I think i've enjoyed the most um like i said i feel like i still have a bunch of holes because i've only seen 41 but those are the ones that i've enjoyed what about you uh well okay so we've talked about i i where are my nuts you're right there okay thank you it's chickpeas they're right okay is it chickpeas okay no, go ahead. I, I was gonna uh, no, I was gonna say it's a chickpea nut, and I don't want to talk about it. So movies I've seen this year are so Booksmart and Parasite, are, which are probably my top two movies of the year out of the three that I've seen. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I so I I just wait. Can I guess the other one? Yeah. <laughs> you want to hit? Yeah. We saw it together. Oh, man, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, baby. Yep. Opening night at the Grove. Yeah. So so um, we had different experiences of this movie, and this will kind of, you know, looking ahead, we'll, we'll talk about video games. Um, but we walked out of the movie. I had a good time, and you kind of reminded me, like, oh, it's a bad movie. Like, I don't know. I didn't say. The story is, and you're right, the story is is not it's very cliche that the characters are are kind of cliche but i think that it's what it needed to be to capture some of the essence of what makes the um the games so compelling and i think it kind of draws upon a lot of that stuff that that gamers um people who have played the games or even not just people who are familiar with that franchise can really latch on to and i think if you're not it is really apparent that it's not the greatest movie well that was me because i don't think it needed to be is my point like i had a great time just watching high def pokemon walk around and it it was just wacky yeah because my experience with pokemon is essentially none um i remember trying to like it when i was in like elementary school because it seemed like kids liked it Mm -hmm. and i that that was about it so my relationship with it was nothing i essentially went to go with you because i knew how excited you were to see it and i thought i might get something out of it it's just you know it's like going to see a nostalgia movie for something you have no nostalgia about. You know, it's not made. It's not for me. Right. Um, with that being said, thought it was kind of weak. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weaker movie, but I think that for for you know, like you know, its its mission was to be entertaining to to its fans, and I think it did that. Which is a lot of you know, uh, ha- sentiment and nostalgia is a lot of video game franchises and sure. and especially video game movies, and I don't think that. You know, a, a game or no, a film adaptation of a game will ever really capture the experience of what it is to play the game because of how long it is and how interactive it is. But I think that at best, if if it really captures the the essence of it, the tone of it, and and some basic storytelling notes, and is a good time, that's really all we can ask at this point. What's and, your favorite video game movie of all time? I mean, there's not much to choose from. Everyone does a little bit different i think overall i've had a i had a really good time in the first tomb raider with um with angelina jolie i think that other movies like the silent hill movie i i really like that franchise that movie had amazing production design the script was all over the place and did not you know um right did not capture the dread and and horror of of the game 
Um, so, you know, I, most of them, if they're successful, it's it's kind of piecemeal, you know, here and there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's move into TV. That was that was interesting. I, mm-hmm. It's been a, a pretty diverse year in in movies, and I've I've enjoyed it quite a bit. When I was putting together just a little brief list of the TV shows that I liked this year, it really struck me by how many I loved. Mm, um, yeah. I have a, like, a lot. Yeah, it was like, man, have I watched that much TV this year? And then I made a solid list of like 10 or 12 shows that I like loved. Um, before I get into that, uh, we're starting a new snack. So this, okay, I'm giving this to you. This sounds very up your alley. You can take it or leave it, but I think you'll like it. It's the, it's a chocolate raspberry espresso bar made by Thunderbird. How many of these are bars? Not many. These are, these are all bars. Do you want some that sort. you can... I will let you pick something else from the box. No, no, I'll, I'll eat this. Yeah, because I don't want it. Chocolate reservoir. What's the what? third thing? What? Espresso. Espresso. That's a lot in one little Why package. compromise great taste for good health? Crafted in Austin, Texas, Thunderbird offers uh, both. That's so what's fun. the function of this? Uh, is this like a meal replacement? Is it a snack? Is it a dessert? Can, it, doesn't really, it doesn't really say. It calls itself a real food bar. Oh, that clears it up. Um, Just give it to me. Yeah, very proud about being made in Austin, Texas. Only nine ingredients. Coffee is one of them. Is dates one of them? Dates is the first ingredient. Yeah, I called it. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. All right, here you go. I've eaten you can have that. I'm going to have these. Okay, these are called Premium Virginia Artisan Peanuts made by Pazoots. Sorry, what? Pazoots. That's the name of That's a That's the name profession? of the brand. Baja oh, Taco. I was thinking Pazoot was like something Baja I could Taco. find on LinkedIn or something. Pazoot's Peanuts, invented by the mad scientist Dr. Alfred P. Pazoot's. I'm not going to read the rest of this. Uh, there's a Vincent Van Gogh quote on the back. Exhausting. Okay. Ooh, they do, they do say, no more messy hands. These nuts are powder-free. Finally. Sounds like a challenge. Finally. Um, all right, so let's get into TV. Two shows, again, that unsurprisingly, I'm very uh, uncreative in loving these shows, and I don't think we need to discuss. Uh, but, well, maybe one, because I think it's one of the shows that you also have watched and loved. Uh, the first would be Succession, which I think is the best show on TV, probably. Uh, I love it. It's just, it's fantastic. I eat it up every week. I, I can't wait for it to come back. I think it's one of the best ensemble casts that's been sort of compiled in a long time it just seems to get better and better and darker and grittier and 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 more nasty and i love it uh-oh what's the espresso how's the espresso bar hitting you give me a second okay uh the other show that i love is fleabag which you know it, everybody who has seen it loves it and and raves about it and i think that's completely justified because i think it's it's one of the best things i've maybe ever seen which feels like a huge thing to say um i love the first season i thought the first season was perfect and if it if at all possible i thought the second season was even better um and even more perfect phoebe waller bridge is just phenomenal and it's just it's it's just great you have you watched all of fleabag no okay so i have watched some of the first season i oh brother i didn't stop because i didn't like it i i loved it a lot but i just you know there's there's a lot to do but my question to you is as someone who's seen all of it is there a change in the content from season one to season two? Because it seems like from the marketing and the, um, you know, critical recognition that it got in season two, 
something changed or maybe it was good the whole way through and people just caught on in season two it is interesting because you know a lot of people were big fans of the first season but still sort of felt like kind of an underground niche thing like oh have you heard have you watched fleabag have you have you heard of fleabag and then season two comes onto the scene and wins the comedy series emmy which is wild in retrospect and actress and actress and writing yeah yeah crazy um, crazy for kind of a show like that to come out of the blue and not come out of the blue, but really just, you know, dominate these other, these behemoths from, you know, HBO and these other very sort of established sort of more Emmy bait shows, you know, Fleabag, I think is, is more of a critical darling, a show that fails to really break through at the Emmys very much, but it, it certainly did. Obviously. I, I don't know. I, I think it truly was just too good to ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no real like tonal shift in it. It's maybe a little less dark. Um, it's still dark, but the first season deals a lot more with concepts of death. Uh, and season two, it, it, it sort of sears away from that a little bit. Um, but it's it, it's it maintains the same tone and the same character for sure. Uh, so I don't know. I, I literally think it just became something that people who watched it couldn't even fathom liking anything else more how do you feel about this eye contact right now i don't like it at all yeah okay i'm gonna look at the remote on that couch over there um so um something i'm gonna open my pazoots yeah something that didn't break through to the the critical darlings oh no was this chocolate raspberry (laughs) espresso bar so my problem with this oh, is no. it's basically one of these bars that's mostly just like, you know, semi-dried date and then like a couple ingredients to mildly flavor it. But it's not really, you know, it's a very variation on a very boring theme. And and sure. uh, and I, I appreciate that you think you know what I like, but chocolate raspberry espresso. That you is like a, two of those things a lot. I do. The, the raspberry is, is the, the wild card that basically makes it a – everything but the kitchen sink kind of scenario here and it just ends up tasting like nothing at all yeah but i appreciate that you gave it to me thank you well it's yours yeah thanks the pazoots are good you want some pazoots only if they're powder free they are my hands are clean okay um these are good they're you know they're peanuts i think they don't have as much flavor as you would sort of usually assume from a flavored peanut because there's nothing on them these are just peanuts yeah you get a little if you like wait a second you get a little something yeah it it tastes like peanuts that someone just like breathed on (laughs) like bad breath flavored peanuts like peanuts you picked up off the floor at taco bell yeah yeah exactly there's a little fiesta something i kind of like them because i think those peanuts that are caked in just like all that salt and shit are so bad for you yeah, and yeah. these are have some flavor, and they're but they're not like but, smothered in. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I like these. How much do you think that pack? Like, if you just buy that a la carte at a Whole Foods, how much would that be? That little package, four ninety nine, probably. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Okay, I'm gonna run down. How should I do this? All right, I have this list of shows. I'm gonna run down the ones that I liked, and then I'll let you ask me any questions yeah that you have or this if you've is, seen any of them this kind of goes i mean this and movies for me it, it's like i keep up on what is trending and what's hot and then i basically just wait till the end of the year and you i let you tell me okay here's what is worth watching and then i spend like the first few months of the next year catching up maybe you'll start with 
Shows on my list that I think you would like the most. Okay. So we're going to start there. And most of these I'm sure I've yelled at you about before. Probably. Uh, Oh, God. The thing I didn't mention. and There isn't, honestly, there isn't enough time to get into this. I might need to have a, a, a standalone podcast solely about this. I referenced this in the movie portion. Uh, two nights ago, I had the distinct pleasure of seeing a movie called Cats. Now... I have still not recovered. I have never been traumatized like this in my life, despite living with you for a year and a half. Is the podcast over? <laughs> oh, it, uh, I, I can't even get into it because I won't be able to stop. Cats is, is the the most disturbing electric experience I've ever had in my life, and I loved every second of it so much. It's the best movie I've ever seen. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's everything I've ever needed. Fuck, I'm dropping the pazoots behind the couch. I'm so excited. It's the be- it's it's remarkable. It's remarkable. It was the it was two hours of my life that were as splendid as any I've ever experienced. I, so I'm basically just looking at him with some skepticism. I, I've seen so many people react this way, and I just can't believe that it's that noteworthy. It is. Like, can it, it, can is. it just be it like is. pretty bad and no. then just move on? No. That's what I was concerned about. Because I went with my friend Kyle. We went, had some drinks before. We went, and I sort of hate doing this, like, hate watch thing, uh, but we did go with the intention of laughing at it. Yeah. And I, I was concerned, like, all right, is this, is this just going to be boring? Mm-hmm. You know, or are we going to be like, oh, my God, why did we pay $17 to see this? You know, like, this just sucks. There was never, I, I'm not kidding, my jaw was on the floor the entire time. Can you it's just, shocking. T- tell me, like, describe the first, like, I how can't, it opens. I don't understand. Okay, how it opens. They're, you're just dropped into this world. Okay. There's a stray cat in a bag. She comes out. She's white. They're all dancing around. They're just saying, Jellicle cat, Jellicle cat, Jellicle cat, for 15 minutes. Jellicle you don't is know the what, name of the group of cats, right? I still don't know. They never explain it. They just sing, Jellicle cat, Jellicle cat, for, I'm, for what felt like an hour. Um, and then from there on out, it is just song after song after subsequent song of a new cat being introduced and then them saying what their thing is. And they just talk about, I'm the railway cat. I like trains. And then there's like a magic cat who's like a magician. And then there's a cat who's like on the streets and that's Jennifer Hudson. And then there's, God, what else is there? Oh, there's like Rebel Wilson who's like fat. Because uh, that's her thing. Well, what's J- Judy Dench? I just I can't. Listen to is me. Is she wearing a fur coat? I'll is con- the fur coat a cat fur coat? Judy Dench comes in dressed as a cowardly lion. When I tell you, when Judy Dench, I can't. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Take a breath. When Judy Dench appears on screen, I shrieked and made a noise I've never made before. And for the next five minutes, I was hyperventilating. And I thought I was going to have to leave the theater. I was crying. It is the funniest, most absurd thing you've ever seen. Okay. It is unbelievable. I was dying. Like, you know when you are, like, laughing and you're like, are like, am I going to die? I'm laughing. Like, I couldn't get my breath. And you're also in the movie theater, so you're trying to kind of keep it quiet. But, like, the people are... Was it are... big, like, a, a packed movie theater? No. There were maybe eight people. Really? <laughs> Which theater? Arclight Culver City. Okay. At like nine thirty, mm. but it was—it's an experience unlike any other. Like it just—I, I, 
you know, like people have asked me, should I go see it? And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think I would urge people don't go alone. I can't imagine sitting there by myself and having that experience just by myself. Oh, Xander's putting putting his finger up in the air. I was writing just, something down. I just remembered another movie that I saw oh, this year that what? we saw. We saw four movies this year. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen them all with you. Wait, are you finished with Cats? I'm done with Cats. It, it's a whole I, – I could go on You're forever. either done with Cats or you need another four hours. Right, exactly. So I'm done. Um, well, you just said Arclight, Culver City. That's where we saw Us. Yes, that's right. Forgot I saw Us with you. Yeah. Um, that's right. Any, any thoughts on Us? Uh, I liked Us a lot. I would like to see Us again. Yeah. Um. Not to just be boring and compare and contrast Jordan Peele movies, but I loved Get Out the first time I saw it, and then the second time I saw it just took it to just another level. I mean, you gain such new appreciation for it. I don't. I think Us is uh, certainly an inferior movie to Get Out, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, I liked Us a lot. Would like to see it again. Um, but yeah, liked it a lot, and I'm happy that Lupita has been getting a lot of. Uh, kind of think unforeseen awards attention here yeah. at the end of the year and sort of in the Oscar conversation, which I think is cool because I thought she was phenomenal. Yeah, definitely juggling two characters. My thing with us was that I, I loved it. I thought it was scary. I thought it was engaging. But I, I, I think that, um, you know, some of my favorite horror is stories and worlds that leave unanswered questions. And so when they got into, well, I don't want to spoil it, but when yeah, they don't get spoil, into... But- yeah, there's there's explanations for what is going on that it just goes a step too far in really illustrating things that don't need, you know, illustration. So I, I but I, I thought that the world he created and the you know, um the, the reasons for everything was, was very interesting. Jellico cat, she's a jellico cat. So the T V shows Can you explain what we're drinking? Oh, uh we're drinking beer that Xander brought. Uh what is this? So it's an IPA from Coronado. Uh, brewing company, I, I believe it's from Coronado down in San Diego, and it, well, I got it at Whole Foods here in Los Angeles. But I got it because it was an IPA that I thought I could stand. Do you like it? Yeah, it's it's not very hoppy, and I'm not sure if no. that's just the 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 beer or if it's because it is guava flavored. Yeah, guava something? There, yeah, I don't know if there's juice in it or something. It's good. Uh, but yeah, I like it. Um, I'm usually a stout porter kind of guy. Yeah. I almost bought you that tiramisu stout that they have at Trader Joe's right now. What? I sent you a photo, and you said, eh. No, you didn't. You sent me a photo of – I thought it was, like, Trader Joe's. No, there were two. There was a Trader Joe's. There was a tiramisu stout and, like, a chocolate baklava one or something. Yeah. Yes. Do you want me to pull it up? Chocolate babka. That's what I said. The, this, there, there's a tear. Yes, there was. I'm the one on the you. left was tear. Whatever. Yes. I'll go back and get it. Okay. Anyway. It looks bad. It, like, it looks, it's like from a, you know, like there isn't a brewery listed on it. Like it looks like a bottle of beer from a video game. You get it? Uh, you get it? Sure. Uh, okay. So the shows that are on my list that you and I have either talked about and I've tried to get you to watch or that you've maybe seen some of uh, are as follows. Pen 15. Mm-hmm. A show that I love. Uh, first season is out. It's a Hulu show. I, I just thought it was phenomenal. You haven't seen any of that, right? No, I have seen oh. three episodes. I've, okay. I've seen a little bit. Yeah, I, I, love, I love Pen15. Um, I would urge you to finish it. I think it gets even stronger as it goes. Uh, just a show about these two girls who, uh, these two, you know, how old are they? 
the the kids in re- are in no in real life oh the actresses are, are like our they're, age yeah they're in their like early 30s yeah and they go back and they play high school girls um which no it's middle school i'm sorry yes i'm sorry i think yes yeah. yes yeah i think seventh i think it's seventh grade yeah because i think it when i looked at the math it's exactly when i was in seventh grade which I think right was which is why i loved it so i mean it's just uh it's just so many of those experiences yeah um the cultural references they go back and play middle schoolers which i think maybe sounds a little stupid and kind of hokey but I it just works so well. They're so great. The writing is phenomenal. It it's just, like an SNL skit that they take very seriously. And yeah, like follow through for a whole season. It's often very funny, but there are episodes that are very sad and, yeah. and heartwarming. And you know, I, I cried a couple times. You laugh the entire time. It's great. I just thought I thought it was a a fantastic show. Um, a show that I'll I'll mention because I'm only like four in, and we've been talking about, but is Watchmen, a show that I'm loving. Uh. Nothing really to say since I'm only about halfway through, but and I think it's great, and I love seeing Regina King on TV. Uh, a show that I've yelled at you to watch, and I think you've started and did not like, which is interesting, is Undone. Oh, yes. Okay. On Un- Amazon original? It's on Amazon. Uh, it's from uh, the same guy who uh, created another show on my list, which I'll get to in a second. Undone is fantastic i i don't know i'm not smart enough to describe what they're doing with the it's an animated show i'm not smart enough to describe what they're doing with the animation it's some very cool technique rotoscoping Rotoscoping is what it's called i knew that that. um rotoscoping (laughs) for sure so it's that uh bob odenkirk uh is in it it's it's great it's just a wonderful show i i would urge it's very dark again that's sort of (laughs) i feel like i've said that about everything on my list a little dark (laughs) um Great. I would I would urge everybody to watch Undone. The other animated show that's on my list is BoJack Horseman, which mm. is probably my second favorite show on TV behind Succession. Uh, Fleabag doesn't count because it's done. BoJack and Succession, a lot in common. Kind of. Well, like what? I don't know. I mean, BoJack is sort of a Logan Roy type. You don't watch Succession. No, no, no. Um, there's not that. But BoJack, again very dark (laughs) bojack does stuff that shouldn't work i mean bojack talks about death and love and and just the trials and tribulations of life in a way that i've i've never seen done on tv and maybe the fact that it's it is animated it, it can get away with some more stuff but like you find yourself caring about this horse and his you know golden retriever friend in a way that you care more about people on any sort of network show I've seen in recent memory, you know, yeah. the stuff it does is just great. It's just they're just really well written characters. So and and just really like well I hate I hate out. to right and I hate to describe a TV show as brave, but it does so many brave things. It's not afraid to take risks. They do these bottle episodes that are just mm-hmm. great. Um, BoJack is fantastic. If anybody hasn't watched any BoJack, I'm jealous that you get to watch it from the beginning. Um, Russian Doll. Have you seen Russian Doll? We've talked Russian Doll. Most a lot of these I've started and just not finished. See but. that's see I I'm doing more of that now just because there is so much TV. I'm mm-hmm. probably in the middle like Watchmen, but that's I'm watching that as we go. But there are many, there are so many shows I am in the middle of right now that drives me crazy. What did I do that? <sighs> no, that I'm doing it now. But don't you feel like you're saving – so my, my – I think I, I – it started as an unintentional thing, and now I'm doing it strategically. It was just I sample everything on, in the buffet, 
and then I I go back. But you, know, you never finish the meal. Well, no, but that's the idea. Is eventually I will. No, I'll you go won't. Back. No, you won't. What's I'll sample last... twenty things, and then I go back. Like I meaning, like I'll watch an episode or two of a bunch of stuff, and then I'll say like, okay, what five series am I actually do I want to stick with? What's the last show you finished? The 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 one full season I watched this year, which you haven't gotten to yet. Okay, I don't think it's on my list. No. Well, you did watch it. Is this your list of your favorite? It might have not favorites. made it. Oh, if this is not a list of all the shows I've watched, that would be extensive. Oh. This is favorites. Yeah. Um. Okay. Russian Doll, I loved. Thought it was great. Watched it in like a day and a half. Yeah. So bingy and easy. And Natasha Leone is fantastic. Uh, speaking of dark, speaking of dark, a show, uh, a mini, a limited series, I should say, called Unbelievable. Which is on right. Netflix with Tony Collette and Merritt Weaver and Caitlin Deaver. Caitlin mm-hmm. Deaver, who's also in Booksmart, who is fantastic. Uh, a show about this young girl who gets raped, uh, and then the subsequent investigation into it sort of deals with sexual assault in a way that I've never really seen done. It's just very honest and, um, you know, really explores what it's like to be a, a young girl who accuses somebody of, of sexually assaulting her, all the, all the terrible shit she has to go through. It's, you know, it doesn't pull any punches and it's hard to watch at, at times, but that's good. The yeah. depiction of it is, is harsh and very real and the performances are just great. And again, this goes back to, I love female led stuff and it's led by three just dynamite performances from Tony Collette and Merritt Weaver and Caitlin Deaver. And mm-hmm. so I would urge everybody to watch it. It's tough to watch, but um, again, also hesitate to call a show important because I think that's stupid, but this this one might fit the bill. It touches on important issues. Thought it was great. Uh, a show that is completely uh, a one eighty shift from Unbelievable is a show called The Other Two, which is on Comedy Central. A show that I just love. It is so funny. Uh, it's from Chris Kelly and uh, oh fuck, what's his name? Yeah, no, it's We've a seen girl. Oh, oh, well, Drew Tarver is the lead. Drew Tarver, yeah. Chris yeah. Kelly, former. Um, uh, SNL, SNL head writer. God, I'm so ma- mad that I can't think of Sarah his writing something. partner's name. Um, Sarah Schneider. Yeah, called it. Who was great. Uh, the two of them created the show, The Other Two, which is essentially about uh, if Justin Bieber had two siblings who sort of also wanted to be famous and weren't. So The Other Two refers to Drew Tarver and... Uh, I'm so I'm usually really good at remembering people's names. Wait, so what? I, what I've seen, I haven't seen this show, but I I saw the the kind of song that went viral. Um, Which one? The pop song. Helena York. The um, there's so- like his his younger brothers. Like my brother's gay, and that's okay. Yes. Okay, so the the premise of the show is that younger brother is a pop star. He's like Justin Bieber, yeah. Oh, I just thought that was like a one-off thing. Oh I mean, no, no. Like... he's like he's like the he becomes like the biggest little, you know, tween star in the world, and then his brother and sister. I'm so gross. I'm chewing these bazoots on the mic. I mean, you know, become, people who are listening are here for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because they like Drew Tarver is a uh, aspiring actor, and then Helena York is sort of was a dancer, and so they sort of ride his coattails in a way molly shannon is on it and is just like i mean molly shannon is one of my favorite people of all time she's so good and so funny ken marino gives a great supporting performances uh the justin bieber types manager he's so funny just a great show just like laugh out loud funny just very modern 
very pop culture centric sort of feels like I'm watching my own brain when I'm watching that show just so many of the jokes are just like right up my alley and, and uh, are great um, question about the about that show uh, the the how much of it is a representation of, of gay culture and and the gay a lot experience. of it. yeah yeah huge I mean yeah they talk a lot about sort of yeah just gay culture and and apps and and sort of Instagram gays and all of this stuff I mean it's again it's a pleasure to see a show from a queer creator a queer star the writing room was very LGBTQ friendly really really great stuff and you know in all of that as well it's it's really really funny and really really well done so i would urge everybody to watch that uh other shows on my list that i have not mentioned yet uh two limited series again i mean every you know i'm in the same boat with everybody on these this year but i loved when they see us in chernobyl both were great i would urge everybody to watch those i think when they see us again verges on being one of those you know important shows that everybody should watch ava duvernay it's great. The performances are amazing. It's just a great show. Kind of tough to watch at times, but it's it's phenomenal. And again, I think something that should be required viewing for most people. Mm-hmm. Did you watch either of those? No, not yet. Okay, you should. Uh, and then the Barry, which I think is a perfect show. Barry is just the best. I think Barry keeps getting better. It's so, so good. Again, just the dark comedy of that show. The performances are so good. And uh, I, I really just think it keeps getting better and better and better. And the episode... Uh, what was it called? The episode that uh, Hater directed last season, which is just like one of my favorite uh, TV episodes in a long time. Do you watch? Do you watch Barry? I watched a couple. That's one of the ones I sampled that I definitely want to come back to. Um, that uh, yeah, it, it really struck a chord with me. And that and that one supporting actress, the the, the blonde woman, um, her name escapes me, but she was on Barry. Yeah, Sarah Goldberg. Yeah, and she was she was nominated for some stuff for that, and she didn't seem like someone who would take a big part of the show, her character. I mean, and so to see that she's a war, it, it just it seems like that show's gonna go places that it, I don't expect. And yeah. so yeah, Ronnie Lilly's the t- the title of the episode that Hater directed. Wait, what? Ronnie Lilly. Okay. It's a f- I mean, I would urge you. I mean, I want you to watch all of Barry, but go watch that episode if you haven't watched it. It's season just, two. Yeah. Okay. So good. Uh, yeah, Sarah Goldberg is a monologue last season that is earned her the emmy nomination just she it's she's i mean she's great on the show uh and then the other the only other thing that's on my list is i think you should leave tim robinson's <laughs> tim robinson's sketch show on, i didn't see that but that was really funny tim robinson's sketch show on netflix which made me laugh harder than maybe anything else i watched this year yeah i would urge everybody to watch that um all right we need to get into something wait wait Oh, are we are we going off TV? No, go. Oh. Well, the the one thing I saw was Big Little Lies season two. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. What are your BLL S two thoughts? Well, you know, I think it has a lot in common with the t- Detective Pikachu. Oh boy, here we go. In that it's really, you know, it was made for fans of the first <laughs> season. Okay. You know, and it didn't really bring in anyone new. It wasn't supposed to. I think it was just supposed to kind of. Give us more of the same. I think Meryl Streep's character added a new conflict and gave us Meryl Streep, and that was great. And there were some good little moments of necklace acting. But um, I don't think that it really – it's kind of run its course. If they do a season three, I would – they're – what, are they going to pull in Julianne Moore? I think Moore? they will. Yeah. Really? I, I think so. I don't 
I, I don't think I don't think that's did. I don't think that's confirmed, but hmm. I think they probably will. It it seems like they would really have to just come up with a reason to to extend that world more. Yeah, the, I think that reason is money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, life finds thought, a way. I thought season two was was I hesitate to call it disappointing. I loved season one so much. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought season two was was good and at times very good, but maybe unremarkable you know i yeah. don't find myself like i didn't it's not even on my list you know of, yeah. of my favorite things this year i thought it was good i thought meryl was good ultimately felt a little meandering you know so i don't know i i agree it's a pleasure to watch i mean i could watch those actresses just sit around and and you know play pin the tail on the donkey or whatever but they're you know to see him in in a setting like that i mean laura dern is just heaven on earth she was yeah she's my favorite part so yeah big little lies fine but you know it is what it is so the thing that i i don't know that you're prepared to talk about what what? do you want to talk about the real housewives oh yeah yeah i mean you're i i i have thoughts i have your journey give me your real housewives journey because here's mine here's mine not to cut you off. Uh-huh. Uh, well, the Real Housewives franchise... Right huh? Nothing. Whatever. The Real Housewives franchise on Bravo is the greatest television franchise of all time. Um, it's given me more joy <laughs> than pretty much anything <laughs> else in my life, I think, at this point. Um, I watch every city. Um, always have. Even, How many are there? Even Miami. Oh, God. Miami's uh, canceled. Right? Miami, yeah, Miami was Miami and DC are the only ones. To, DC, yeah, I watched all of it. Huh. The only ones to ever get canceled, if I'm correct on that. I think so. Potomac is the newest, and now we're getting Salt Lake City next year. Mm. Um, I, I love the Housewives and and have been just uh, an obsessed fan since day one, uh, and I feel like I've brought them into your life. So yes, that's actually not. You're shaking your head, but it's actually true. Not for the first time. Okay. Well, when did you first touch down with the Housewives? What French? What city? Oh, I don't know. I think when it first began. I think I just I was watching Bravo at the time for some reason. Which was what city? Orange County. Correct. You have to quiz me on it. I Why? Know all of them, but Orange County and then New York. I actually don't know the order that they premiered in. And then, I think New York was second. I think so. But anyway, yeah, I've, I've kind of come back to it here and there occasionally. My, it, it, it's like my relationship with, with reality TV in general, which is it's not something I seek out. I just stumble upon it, and sometimes I have a good time. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Who's your favorite housewife of all time? I mean, even having one sounds okay. Like puts me in a different bracket of person. One you should be proud to be in. Bethany, I guess. I don't know. Huh. I mean, even that. She She's the most entertaining and the one who – I think they're all playing characters. I think she's the one that hides the playing well enough to make it seem like oh, I'm just watching a person. Okay. It, it, but a person that I would – you know, in some way, want to spend time with. She's. She you would not, like I'm, I'm had, telling you, would not want to spend time with Bethany. I'm well, telling you right now. Well, she seems like right she has now, a moral compass that others don't. Sure, but you you wouldn't want to spend time with her. Pro- you'd, probably you not. You would want no. to spend time with the Any ones without. Them. No, that's not true. 
I often find like the ones who I probably don't like them. Well, that's not true. I was going to say the ones I don't like the most are probably the ones I'd actually be able to like hang out with and have a good, but that's not true. But Bethany, I think is way too high strong and yeah. maniacal. I think all kind no. of are. There's sort one, of, but there's she's one new one this year that I watched and I thought I could, I was surprised because she comes from a different world and now we know of her in this way. And I was surprised to think, wow, she's oh. like, you know, let's say it on three. One, one two, two, three. three. Denise, Denise Richards. Richards. Yes. Denise Richards has had such a renaissance on that show. Denise Richards is my new favorite person in the world. I thought she came across so well on that show. I I am I would take a bullet for her. I love her so much. I've been a fan of hers for so long. Drop Dead Gorgeous is one of my favorite movies of all time. You ever seen Valentine? No. She dies in a hot tub. It's okay. Denise Richards is phenomenal. I I adore her. Yeah, it, it's funny because like she breaks my typical favorite housewives mold in the sense that I don't know that she brought much to the show drama wise yeah yeah you know she was always sort of trying to be mediator mm -hmm. but i i loved it i was i i sat up every time she came on screen she wasn't trying to be me she just kind of like came, oh my came fingernails into are so dirty okay she kind of came into that role but i don't think she wasn't trying to do much she was just kind of living her life and there were cameras there and it seemed the most relaxing it like every time it was her segment I, I felt like oh i could take my breath but i wasn't mm -hmm. bored because she seemed like an authentic person authentic and, just authentic yeah genuine great mom believable yeah her husband's so hot oh uh, he's cute yeah. aaron okay he's prop who's the hottest house husband i, I think can't remember any of them okay well i don't think any of that's the thing these they these men are older and Maybe Maurizio. Yeah, maybe that's, that's the answer. I think. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it's Aaron for me. I'm all about Aaron. Okay. And there's also like who we'll go on a double date? Huh? We'll go on a double date. We'll have nothing to talk about. You and I with them? Yeah. What do you think they eat? Nothing. Yeah. No, didn't no Denise is she orders like a fucking burger every time she goes out. Yeah. Like that's all, why I like her. Yeah. All these other women are ordering, you know, like the kale salad and you Lisa know. Rinna will order the burger, but she won't eat it. Well, she'll be like, look, look at me with this burger. Then she'll take a picture with it, but she won't actually eat it. Denise will eat it. Oh, yeah. Denise will absolutely eat it. With onion rings. Yeah. She yeah. eats fries. Oh, mm -hmm. I love her. Love, 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 love her. Uh, I went to Tom Tom the other night. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. It was fine. This but, is, if, if you don't know, and I don't okay, know why I know this. He's taking over the podcast. The bar featured in, well, the, the newest bar in Vanderpump Rules. Yes. In the Vanderpump Rules universe tom tom started by tom sandoval and tom schwartz sure yeah uh new bar in west hollywood right in the vanderpump hub of pump and sir and all that madness uh went there on friday for the first time had been wanting to go for a long time just because i love that show just cur curious more than anything else but also i think in my head i thought that it would be certainly the best of the vanderpump properties <laughs> How many do or they Vanderpump? Have? Well, in LA, because she's she's in Vegas. She's. I was gonna say yeah. In LA, there's Tom Tom, there's Pump, there's Sir, and there's um, Villa Blanca, which is in Beverly, which is in Beverly Hills. There's three in Wheel. So uh, and she's op opening more. I, I just read something. I think did she buy Motherload? 
Something like that. Did I she? think she's going to take that whole stretch. No, Motherlode is like the one I could bar be wrong. I could in, be wrong. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I shouldn't say this. Veto. I shouldn't be wrong. I shouldn't be wrong. But Wait, the, it's the one what? The the one bar in like Boys Town that I actually like because it's cheap, strong drinks, and the the uh, bartenders are actually nice to me. Yeah, Motherlode's good. Oh, I'm looking this up now to see what the news is about what. Just like throw Jaegermeister on you. They're so friendly there. That sounds fun. Circus is coming. The consensus about... Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, it, shut up. <sighs> okay. Blah, blah, blah. Fresh up the open. Lisa has purchased... Okay. This, uh, has purchased a West Hollywood space next door to Tom Tom. Is Motherlode well, the only thing in between? It could be on the other no. side. The, I think to the to the right of Tom Tom is where they're putting in uh, Bottega Louie. Okay. Or is it to the left? It's it's next door to it. I don't know. Moving on. Uh, Tom Tom was, it was okay. It was good. Um, the dr- we just had like a cocktail. You know, it. You know, a fifteen dollar, pro- at minimum. Pro- I don't even remember how much it Which was. Which is standard for that area. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what I got. I think no, I got a Tom fashioned. I think. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the, it was fine. It was pretty dead. I think we were there kind of early, and it's sort of holiday time and it was pretty dead though we just like walked in and got a spot at the bar yeah um and then we got the buffalo cauliflower what is up it's like spicy uh really good like really really good the food is pretty good there but you know they have like a a good chef i mean they, they sort of know what they're doing if you didn't know that there was a vanderpump bravo connection I think you'd think like, oh, this is a cool spot. But is it the, like so? The, what I've heard I mean, that, of and like, by Sir the way, that doesn't and, mean that it's not. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. But but like people who go to which we're not really we don't go to like West Hollywood very often. But the the you know the the general populace thinks of probably Tom Tom and and Sir and Pump that they're like they're not really gay clubs. It it seems like this, right. this woman that's, is coming that's in one like, thing. kind of establishing yourself in the middle of like the, the, by the way this area if you don't know it's in the in the west hollywood uh in west hollywood the specifically this strip that is all gay bars it's it's very much the lgbtq kind of hub one one of not the only but you know and, and so it for for these places to pop up um she has a lot of money she could probably set up shop wherever she wants and she chooses this and it's not I don't know. I'm probably speaking out of my ass because I don't really know that area too well. No, I think I think you're raising a good point. I mean, especially if she keeps buying up all this real estate. I but mean, I wouldn't you're... know. Well, I don't. I don't know how to fix it. if there's a problem to fix, and if there is, how to fix it. Like, do you? Does she just like work with more LGBTQ people, or you know? I don't know. I mean, she's obviously very LGBTQ friendly and, sure, and, yeah. and, and supports the community in in a bunch of ways. But, but there yeah. is a disconnect when like you sure. know this this cisgendered straight woman comes in and like tries to you know it doesn't it doesn't feel like well, part two, of the you know of... the na- you know the bar is named after two toms who are both straight you know right they, yeah they, all these places become like tourist destinations yeah exactly that's to, my point, in yeah. the middle of because she has a name that is not part of the community it's a it's just a reality personality sure. and so that's what she's not anymore on. well she has vanderpump still but she's off housewife but we're bringing full circle of tv what have we been talking about Food. And oh, shitty right. Bars. Speaking of food, okay, let's move on to another snack here before we get into. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna do. Are we recording? 
Yeah. <laughs> Un- listen, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, what do I want? I kind of want this, but we'd have to go get scissors. You want to split this jerky yes. and see if it's good? I, I, I went to the dentist today. I can open this with my teeth. Oh, th- you actually can't because, look, there's a thing. What? A little thing up top to open it. Oh, yeah. So we're about to open the uh, hickory smoked meatless vegan jerky made by Primal Strips. This will be fun. I like stuff like this. I know a lot of people sort of rail against it, but I like trying this weird vegan stuff that's supposed to be like meat. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's I, kind of fun. But it's it, people rail against it because they're What are you doing? You're cl- are you cleaning? I need to make a space on the couch. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, if you can't go into this stuff thinking like, oh, this better taste like meat. And if it doesn't, it's a failure. Like, right. even if it doesn't, it could still be good. Yeah, for sure. Tasty. Also, one, one thing I wanted to mention uh, along the lines of TV, and I've said this to you, if anybody's looking for some sort of, excuse me, TV show to binge over, <laughs> he was unsuccessful in opening it. Uh, a TV show to binge over the holidays that is just light and breezy and will make you feel good. Uh, I would suggest making it on NBC, the uh, reality competition show hosted by Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. It is about crafters, people who make really incredible things with their hands. It's sort of, for lack of a better way to describe it, a great British baking show, but make it Home Depot, basically. It's just very nice. Amy and Nick are so funny and cool. And, like, you know, it's not this – there's no cattiness. There's no drama. Everybody gets along. It's really – it's just, like, a very nice show to watch. And I think people, if they're looking for some sort of escape, even if you want to watch something with your families mm-hmm. or whatever over the holidays, it's just a really nice, breezy thing to watch. The second season just ended. It's all available to stream, I'm sure, somewhere. Uh, it's great. It's a really, really nice little show to watch. Uh, all right, should we get into music? Oh, open up the jerky. I think we can breeze. Oh, okay, hold on. I think so we can breeze two. through music. Wait, I'm getting the top one? Well, you can take whatever you want, but there's two different pieces. Yeah. One's like oh, significantly larger. Oh, God, okay, larger. this is interesting. I'll just take a bite of this one because it's no, have too big. A, No, all of it. Just pop it? Well, no, you have all of it. Just don't have to eat all of it. Okay. Oh, okay, we're chewing at the same time. Hmm. I like it. I like it too. That's really this is good. good. Yeah. Does this? I. It's been. I haven't had meat. A meat product in. Uh, thirteen years. Does this taste like meat? I do not remember. I mean, it's interesting. It 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 does taste like meat. I mean, it mostly tastes like hickory smoked. It is. It tastes like barbecue sauce. Right. The texture is. It's not jerky. Like jerky is. Yeah. This is not jerky texture. Like tough and like you gotta really I like that it. it's not though I don't like that no, why is that fun it's not too so it's somewhere in the middle of like jerky and like a Slim Jim kind of it's it's a jerky oh, shape God, I used to love Slim Jims but it's that like it's a little oh yeah than, brother yeah who who's so, is one of the Macho wrestlers Macho Man Randy Savage is that different than the blonde one you're oh, do you like the jerky or not that's good okay uh music I think we can sort of steam through this pretty quickly I, I just made a list of albums that I kept coming back to this year, and some of them are newer. So to say I'm coming back to them, the, the albums I love the most this year. Mom, just run down my list, mm-hmm. and you tell me if you've listened to it. Uh, I'll just name the artist. Uh, Lana Del Rey. <sighs> Loved it. I think it's great. I keep And every time I listen, I find something new to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Claro. Have you listened to the Claro album? No. Uh, no. Claro is really great. C L A I R O. Really great album. Sort of this like, how do you even describe her? Kind of like indie, indie pop, indie pop rock. Better than Lana. Different. We don't have to compare women like this. No, we have to rank them. Speaking of comparing women, uh, an album that – an artist that I sort of historically found tough to get into, and this album I think still maybe falls more into the I respect it more than I like it category is the new FKA Twigs album, which I think is sonically so impressive and so great. Uh, accessible? No. But – Again, every time I listen, I think I get something else out of it. You know, I think when you familiarity with the music, you sort of get to appreciate different things every time. Um, so I think that's really good. Uh, if you're looking for something, how do you just sort of? Well, I don't know. I just I've just heard jokes about this person group, girl again, girl. woman. Go on. Yes, woman. What jokes have you heard? I love to hear one of them. Oh, something about just a, some, some about like uh, when you know a guy says that oh they listens to you know like alternative music and they listen to like one FK Twigs song okay. something like that. Are you dragging me on my own podcast? Huh? Um, I really like the Bon Iver album from this year. I think it's great. Uh, one that I know you've listened to and I think hopefully also like uh Pop God Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, has never made a bad song. Huh. She's never made a bad song. She's good. <laughs> okay, she's great. Very good. She's great. Um, uh, the album from St. John. Have you heard of St. John before? Isn't that a clothing brand? Okay. Uh, St. John is great. Rapper. Really, really great album. I discovered, first time listening to him was this past year, and I really liked his album. Mm. Uh, Kevin Abstract. Have you listened to him? He's mm. queer. He's uh, in the group Brockhampton. I've never heard of them. He came out with the solo album this year that I think is really, really, really good. Okay. Listen to that. Uh, the National had a great album this year, but that's – I mean, The National are my favorite band. I Am Easy to Find is the name of the album. There's just it, it makes me cry every time. I'm obsessed with them. Uh, and then as you walked into my apartment today, I was listening to The Last Choice on my list here. Do you, do you remember what I was listening to? What did it sound like? Oh, I don't remember. I just remember being loud um, oh, coming out of your little Bluetooth thing over there. Well, uh, the High Women. So the High Women are a country supergroup. I, I, I hesitate to call them country. It's more like country Americana folk. Brandy Carlisle, Maren Morris, uh, Natalie Hemby, and Amanda Shires hmm. uh, teamed up to make a really great album just full of really beautiful songs hmm. so i would urge everybody to listen to those what is on your music list Gee, it's it's pretty great I, I can tell you two of the things that are on your music list uh yes you can yeah very easily uh xander is a big ariana no 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 wait let me let me describe my music tastes my music tastes are so here's, shitty. No, here's that's this is what xander's favorite music sounds like who are you trying to impersonate there? Every song you've ever heard. <laughs> what? What? That's what? what your music sounds like. Name name that. Your music group. sounds like a fork falling down 
a set of steel steps. What? You, you make it sound like I'm listening to John Cage or something. What is that? Exactly. Um, so I, I don't – I self – you know, I, I know that I don't listen to a lot of new stuff. This is the my weakest area. Um, Your if, weakest area, and he famously has seen one TV show. Yeah, I, I, I know that's saying a lot. This is even worse. I don't know why he's on this episode either. I don't know why we're even No, friends. we're getting into it. So, well, that's a whole separate discussion. Uh, it's similar, though. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so this I basically really skimmed off the top this year. I just listened to some pop hits, and I listened to a lot of like leftovers from – and I mean leftovers in a good way, like the stuff from last year that – that really kind of rose above, like Casey Musgrave, Casey Ariana Grande, who I mean still was active this year. I'm not that Casey wasn't, but you know what I mean. Um, so Ariana Grande, Lizzo, those two were probably the ones you were gonna guess. Correct. Um, Lil Nas X, I got into. Sure. And um, that's pretty much it. I mean, my Spotify Wrapped is really leaning towards music that I listen to when I study and do art and and just like clean and cook which is a lot of video game soundtracks and film soundtracks and classical music okay so we're gonna get into it now the reason why i'm happy to have you here discuss 2019 i mean not that all of your no your contributions have been great but it's uh we're gonna talk video games now and i'm gonna let i know i'm gonna let you have the floor because this is your thing you may ask yourself listener wow he doesn't go to the movies. He doesn't watch TV. He listens to music from years ago. What does he do? Yeah. And the answer is play video games. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say largely. Yeah, especially this year. I, I spent a lot of time playing video games. Um, and and I, I spent a lot of time playing games from this year. I really tried to make a concerted effort to keep up with what was happening this year in, in the game industry, in the, the gaming community. And um, which is a weird year to do that. I think that if you're familiar with um, video games and, and the gaming industry, a lot of it is tied around where we are in the console cycle. And so right now, 2019 was, um, you know, we're, we're basically, this is the year before things will really change. Next year, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, which is uh, one of the new models of of xbox it's a little bit the new naming convention of that is is interesting uh we'll get into that but basically like there's going to be some some last minute uh big games next year and then the new systems are going to come out so this year was you know a lot of um there wasn't a runaway hit there wasn't like a there's usually a few um very obvious uh, you know, games that, that will be in the running for game of the year. This year it was weird. It was, you know, one of the biggest games this year was a remake of a game from 1998. Um, another was, uh, you know, um, the first game from one of the big auteurs of, of the game industry, Hideo Kojima. And so, it, you know, it was yes. just a weird year and, and um, a lot of spinoffs and sequels. And so, um, but yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a fun year. There was a lot of great games, a lot of indie games, um, kind of broke. I, I, the the benefit of this year is that a lot of games that otherwise in other years would have drowned out, but been drowned out by bigger games, uh, really got a chance to shine and find a community, and that was really nice. So, if I were to ask you to rank your favorite games from this year, would you be would you be comfortable doing so? Well, yeah, this is. There's different schools of thought on ranking and what okay, is fine. best. No, and what is well not. then we, no, we don't have to rank then. I no, I mean walk, I can, but, but no, no, I no, no, it's fine. Walk me, walk me. Context. Yeah, walk me through 
your favorite games from this year, and then I'll I'll contribute whether or not you have allowed me to play them. Okay. <laughs> you you I've had you play several of these, I think, or played them for you and kind of showed them to you. I think you you like to watch uh, me play I games. You like to watch. Okay. Um, and so I guess the top two would would be um, Resident Evil Two, the the remake that came out. I think in January, February, uh, pretty early in the year. And then, um, so that, and then a game called Control, yes, which came out in August, I think. Um, and so those are the games that I this year are, are in the running of, of my game of the year. And again, the the kind of dialogue around game of the year is, is kind of a, a a tool to talk about the year and, and to talk about the, the things that you've spent your time and and that have filled your head the most throughout the year. But ultimately, like I don't really think that it's really comparing apples and oranges. So I don't know that coming up with the best of is, is really useful, but I think it does come up. It invites interesting conversation. So uh, Resident Evil 2, um, it's a remake of the original Resident Evil 2, which came out in uh, the late 90s. And basically the Resident Evil series, it's kind of a household name because of the games and, and the, the, the film franchise. And, um, you know, uh, but it, it's it's had a really interesting journey of starting... Um, you know, as a, as a horror franchise and one of the first big ones in video games, transitioning to action and and with it changing what it means to be a horror game, incorporating a lot more action. It, it you know, inspired things like Dead Space and, and a lot of other horror franchises in gaming. And then um, recently in the past couple years, making um, a, a circle back to horror with Resident Evil 7 and then Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, I think that in terms of remakes, in any medium, including movies, I think Resident Evil 2 Remake is one of the best. And I, I think that it can really teach people a lot about what how to respect um, an original text while reinventing it and making it modern. The structure of the game, the, the, the narrative, the um, even the gameplay in many ways is from the 90s. And it almost feels like an older game in some ways, but the moment-to-moment mechanics are, are very new it doesn't feel stilted it doesn't feel boring it's terrifying a lot of that has to do with the graphics which can only be done in, in mo- with modern day technology um, it's just really fun and it's just terrifying and and i had a lot of uh, good times playing it i you know i just my personal type of gaming uh um how, how i game especially in the last couple of years is i'm an achievements hunter you know i'm, I'm a trophy hunter um, which means that you know in, in modern day games there's uh, certain things you you do to um, milestones in the game and I try and do as many of them as I can and I spent a lot of time in Resident Evil 2 uh, because of, of that I played through the game more than eight times <laughs> and it's a pretty short game I mean you when you can run through it in like less than two hours when you know where everything is but yeah anyway um, so that's the first one and then control um, I think to compare I spent less time playing it i spent less time thinking about it but i think that a lot of has to do with it came out more recently but i think it's my game of the year because it is so weird and it's basically to sum it up briefly it's you play this woman who goes to uh what is known as the federal bureau of control which is a government agency dedicated to basically paranormal activity and 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 um you know in this world there are otherworldly phenomena and there's a government agency designated to 
to investigate them and make sure that they don't, um, you know, taint the world too much. And so in, you, the whole game takes place in this building, and, and so it's a lot of offices. And it just, the game, you know, the art direction, the, the gameplay, it manages to, to, to make this very dry, um, you know, kind of sterile place feel really scary and interesting and um, has really cool storytelling. It kind of feels like a cross between... Stranger Things and the X Files and um, you know someone from IGN. I, IGN is a gaming website that named this the game of the year. Someone from there described it as very Kubrickian um, in its direction, and so that was my game of the year. Um, some other games this I've, year. You, I've, oh, yeah, I've you've let me play that one a little bit. Yes, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I yeah I didn't really know what I was doing, but it was a good time. Yeah, did you want to give a brief kind of rundown of how much you've played games the last few years and what kind of Sure, games? yeah. I mean, my my gaming knowledge uh, before knowing you was essentially zero. I mean, I grew up playing video games, but, you know, my favorite video games are like sports video games. And, and you know, I'm the, the best, best Mario Kart is, player yeah. of all time. Mario Kart's the best game of all time in 64. Couldn't be wronger. It's the best video game of all time. Sure. Mario Kart 64. Uh... Koopa Troopa Beach for life, bitch. Just now that you know that about your podcast host, just just remember that going forward. You know, uh, nobody is still listening. The, um, but yeah, I mean, I knew nothing about games really uh, until meeting you, and then you, especially when we lived together, would you know we're playing games all the time, obviously, and I I enjoyed watching and learning, and then I would play some that you loved, and I've gotten to. I mean, I still like my video game knowledge is still very codependent on you like i will read stuff and sort of know certainly more stuff than i used to but like i only play games if i'm with you or mm -hmm. because you tell me to or whatever but it's been really fun i mean i'm still very bad like i'm not i'm not good like if you drop me down into a world like it's it's hard for me to even still like move around as you're well well aware of yeah, but I think that you've you've played a, a few games with me, and you you know what to do. even if it doesn't come second nature, you know what the analog sticks do, how to move around, how to move the camera. Sure. Yeah, and I've really enjoyed. It. I mean, I I talk you know I talk about the Last of Us. Uh, we played through with, that together, the whole thing. Yeah, right? it yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, the Last of Us came out what two years ago? Three, more than that. <laughs> when did we live together? Well, it first came out in 2013. Okay. And then we played a it solid, probably like two years so after. Solid six. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I guess I knew that. Uh, the Last of Us, I loved. I mean, it was. That, I think that was a great way in to the world of, of video games for somebody like me who could sort of see what what they're capable of now and and the depth of storytelling and and how beautiful they can be. So that was a great view into the world. And yeah, it's just been fun. I mean, I it, it's you guide me, and it's it sometimes you know I can only sort of play like 20 minutes or something before I get frustrated and or bored. I mean, I'm still like, I still am very specific about the type of games that I like, as you know, like I, if something is a little too, what? I mean, if something's kind of, what don't I like? Like, if something's too like action adventure-y. Yeah, if it's in a genre, like a, like a like science fiction. Like sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, but we played a little bit of a game that I'm sure you're going to talk about uh, just last week. I played for like 20 minutes, and oh yeah, it's yeah. kind of sci-fi-y, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, I guess you already brought it up. But um, yeah, it, it's been fun. I mean, it's it's I, I try and, and play as much stuff and be as open to uh, as much as I can because I think it's a really 
fun world. So it's been nice to have you as a guide. Yeah, I th- it's it's interesting to to play games with someone who doesn't usually play games because I don't really know what to explain until you ask questions. I don't know right. what's obvious and not. And and you know, I'm gonna cite something that I I don't remember the name of this person, so forgive me, but you can look it up. It uh so <laughs> to reference another podcast. <laughs> Hey, sure, whatever. <laughs> there was a, a – I love uh, Waypoint. Waypoint is the game's kind of division of, of uh, Vice, and they have a podcast, uh, Waypoint Radio, and um, they um, they had a guest on recently, I believe a composer for games, and he was talking about, you know, h- how he designs for um, – I, could probably, I should probably look up his name, but anyway, he was he was talking about you know when, when people who don't usually play games what they're not used to and what we learn as gamers that we don't even know we're learning. For example, I can enter an area in a game like Uncharted, which usually takes place in exotic locales like a rainforest or something, and I could look at that rainforest and just by the visual indicators know where the invisible walls are, where I can go as a character and where I physically can't go, and you might and just because you don't play games that much you might just see a rainforest and you don't know where the boundaries are right but because i know oh like when trees are spaced so close together that i probably can't go past there like you know i'm learning those things um not even knowing it and so playing with someone who doesn't usually play games i realize stuff like that and it's it's been really um interesting and and, you know i'm i appreciate uh showing you games and, and getting that feedback that's so kind of you to say yeah, I mean, I'm. I also like waiting to leave at the end of the day so I can actually play a game. <laughs> so I can play it for real. Um, yeah, I don't blame you. But uh, yeah, I mean, like the so the game that we played most recently was called Death Stranding, which yes. is um, a game uh, by I, I say by kind of loosely, but by Hideo Kojima, who's the the game director. Realistically, games are made by dozens, if not hundreds, of people. But this particular game is known to be by him because he's one of the few people in the game industry who has really made a name for himself in a, a lot of people have but but in a singular kind of you know on, on the level of um authorship as a film director like you know someone like quentin Tarant, you know you know what i mean and, and so he's he's one of um those few personalities in the game industry this is his first game exiting a long partnership with a company uh called konami and uh they kind of notoriously had a falling out over business whatnots and and so this is uh, his first game out of that it's also the his first game that's not a metal gear solid game which is a big series that he helmed at that company and so a lot was writing on this game it was it was a big uh um very hyped and uh he started releasing trailers for it three years ago i want to say like at, at e3 a few years ago and nobody knew when it was going to come out until earlier this year, I think in the spring, when they released, hey, it's it's coming out in November of 2019. Before that, people were like, oh, it's he's going to spend forever on it. It'll be, you know, 2021, 22. Like, we don't know when this is coming out. But, um, yeah, it, it finally did, and it's been a very polarizing game. And I think that's not unsurprising given who he is. Um, do you want to explain what you saw? No. <laughs> Because uh, I can't. Yeah, it it's basically, I, I yeah, it, it's just a it's a it's an interesting science fiction game. It takes place in the not too distant future in 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 an America. It, it's very explicitly the United States that has been changed due to some uh, 
some some happening and and i haven't gotten too far in the game to know exactly what that is but i i do know that it has changed um it's been kind of um uh, uh catastrophic um yeah kind of a dystopia and a lot of the gameplay is you know coming from the metal gear solid games which is a lot of action it's you know a lot of violence this is a lot of walking around and it kind of makes a game out of that yeah i was walking around for a very long time yeah and and, and i think that you know things like fetch quests which is you know kind of what it sounds like it, you know that has has terms like that have been uh kind of a derogatory term in terms of game design and, and this game has a lot of that and it's really interesting seeing how you know just walking around can actually be really engaging and and there's a lot of storytelling in it there, there's a lot of cutscenes too which is you know where the game actually just shows you a mini short film to right. give some expo- exposition but um yeah it's one of those things that like i'd be really down to get your opinion on more of that but you know it's hard because these games just they last dozens of hours i think like you know a, a conservative estimate of this game to really see everything through not everything but like the main storyline um is 30 hours or something so yeah. it, it's a lot to ask of someone especially someone that d- doesn't usually play games who it would no offense would probably take them longer um, oh i'm sure it would you know uh so but yeah i i, I think that um that just goes to show how, how weird of a year yeah this are there any others that you want to mention briefly yeah i'd say like um you know i think that like i said since it's been quieter in terms of triple a blockbuster type games it's given me time to play games like baba is you which is a really you know quirky small um puzzle game very lo-fi it doesn't really look like much and then when you play it you realize there's a lot of of cool stuff under the hood it's really hard to explain go watch the trailer it's like a minute long and it explains it visually very well um and then you know games like sayonara wild hearts which is this game that was i think it debuted on apple arcade which is a new platform that came out this year, which is basically a subscription service that Apple is offering on their mobile devices. Anyway, one of those first games, also available on PlayStation and PC, is called Sayonara Wild Hearts. It's literally like an hour and a half, and you sit down. It's basically a visual album. Every level is a different song, and it's it's rhythmic. It's not too hard. It's, it's really hard to fail in the game. It tells a very minimalist but emotional story, and... You know, I, I think that something like that would have um, gone under the, under the radar in, in under other circumstances. And, right. and that's that's really interesting about when games are released, what's happening in that part of the calendar and in, in the world. I think that it's similar to the films in that way that, um, you know, release scheduling is, is um, a big factor in if they'll be successful and heard. Right. Um, and then the, the big uh, breakout hit of the year. Yes. Yes. My favorite game of the year. You didn't play it. Nope. It's... I watched you play it, and it was. I didn't play it. We just Wait. watched videos of it. I think. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I haven't gotten it yet. But I. I oh right. You can kind of tell what game yeah, it is. Sure. It's, it's called Untitled Goose Game. Honk right? honk. Yeah, and um, it's uh, yeah, I think that it's it's weird because there's so many quality indie games that came out this year, but that one like kind of broke through to mainstream journalism and yeah i think yeah. what what i've learned is how diverse just video games in general are i mean the ones that you've just mentioned run the gamut you know of, of genre of style of length of distributor of of mm-hmm. so many things i think it's it's cool i mean there's a 
there's a game for everybody, you know, and that's why I think it's fun to play so many because I, you know, I'll be honest about the ones I don't like, but then when I find one I do, it's really fun, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, it, it's been fun diving into that world. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, pal. Yeah. Um, there is one other thing I wanted to touch on. Please do. Uh, kind of related to, to your podcast in a way. Well, a couple of things, actually. Uh, so I am not fully equipped to talk about anything I've talked about this far. <laughs> But uh, particularly snacks, snacks. You are snacks. Yeah, yeah there you go. Snacks. Uh, we we've stopped eating it's snacks. I'm full. Yeah. Or should we go into one more? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, you pick something. Well, okay. What are these things at the bottom? Those are just like little fruit chew things. Oh, that's fluff. No, we gotta get something meaty. I know. Um, those those seem very heavy. Oh no. Yeah. This I want to try. Should we split this? You would like this. What is it? It's like a cookie, I think. Rule it's like breaker. birthday cake. Gluten-free and vegan birthday cake cookie. Oh, yeah. This sounds like a train wreck in my mouth. I want it now. Let's okay, do it. open it. Okay. Uh, here, let me open it. You can talk about what you were going to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so, so yeah, I'm not equipped to talk about esports. And, and esports is... Uh, Electronic sports. Yeah, sort of. Um, it's basically a term for uh, competitive video gaming, and and uh, you know, kind of on the level of sports and it's how it's covered and and how it's um, structured in a way. Oh, here's the cookie. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, you talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna take covered like, in my sprinkles. First bite. I know. Okay. Um, but but yeah, the, it's so esports even within video games which is kind of a, a subculture also, it's, it's this even... is a sorry this is called a rule breaker gluten-free yeah. and vegan birthday cake cookie oh god it smells like frosting Ooh, love that okay go on um so so yeah it's it's kind of a subset even within my world that i, I don't follow too much I, I play some competitive games like overwatch and rainbow six siege which are esports type games basically video games that um have developed into have a, a strong competitive scene that is, um, you know, fully sponsored and has big events and, and whatnot. I like this um, cookie. But I did want to just mention kind of the biggest, what to me, what's the, the biggest uh, esports story of the year, which is, uh, well, do you remember this name, Blitz Chung? Blitz Chun. Chung. Chung. Is yeah. he the one who came out? No. Oh, who's that? <laughs> So Blitzchung is uh, a Hearthstone player. Hearthstone. Okay, I don't know what that is. Have I played that? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's so let's yeah let's reverse engineer. This happens not too long ago, in uh, early October. Basically, Blitzchung is a player at a Hearthstone tournament. Hearthstone is a digital uh, card game uh, made by Blizzard. Okay. And so Blizzard is a developer um, known for. Uh, famously World of Warcraft and the whole War- Warcraft realm, StarCraft and Overwatch. And uh, at this uh, tournament in early October, he did an interview post-match with some official uh, uh, Blizzard um, commentators. This was in Taiwan. And he ended, I think towards the end of the interview, he had a mask on his face, similar to the, the masks worn by protesters and the resistance in Hong Kong. And he said, liberate Hong Kong, the revolution of our times for this act he was by blizzard he he they took they they took back his uh prize money i think before they gave it to him for that match 
and bans him from that tournament and from all Hearthstone tournaments for a year. This led to a succession of, of other events and reactions from other people in and out of the, the gaming community, and I, I want to touch on this because it just really got higher up and kind of broke through a lot of, uh, of other um, um, coverage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the next day they, they instituted the ban. Um, a, a few days later, based on, on so much backlash, because a lot of people in the gaming community and, and games journalism were like, you know, why, why would you... Um, you know, uh, discipline this person for just, you know, promoting what, yeah, what he sure. does is something, you know, relevant and important to him. And, uh, their rule was, you know, it's not, we're not, um, you know, disciplining what he said. It's just that he said anything that was not related to the tournament that is, uh, grounds for, for, uh, you know, banning. And so a few days later, because of the backlash, they, reversed a little bit they gave him back his money they shortened the ban from 12 months to six months um and then it's since been that um but there was still a ton of backlash to the point where he uh blizzard th this is covered by the way not just by gaming outlets but by like mainstream news um it was to the point where there was a letter sent from congress uh written by a couple senators um Including Marco Rubio and some Congress, some some representatives, including yeah, AOC. First, first Marco Rubio shout out on this podcast. Yeah, only first. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. And uh, so they they sent a letter to Blizzard saying, you know, we're really concerned about your reaction. We think you should fully reverse this. Um, they since haven't. I, I I again, I wish I knew who, who tweeted this, but someone was like, you know, you really fucked up when you got Marco Rubio and AOC <laughs> to agree on something. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and I maybe should say that you know a lot of this backlash is is people you know kind of guessing and assuming and, and you know I think this is valid that um, Blizzard has has gone from a company that was really small and, and very um, you know player centric to then being bought out by Activision a much larger company and now I think they're partially owned by Tencent which is a, a huge international company that's based in China and so I. I believe and, and so you know this is a, a kind of larger conversation uh, you know inter-industry conversation of ownership by other um by companies in other countries and what that does to the behavior and and regulations of those companies and then even so far as you know international relations and so i i just think it's a really interesting story that that kind of went from esports to something much larger and is i think uh indicative of a larger conversation of of international business and, right. and how that affects products and services like this and right so, you know um eat your cookie while i ask you my next question okay what i mean how do you how do you find sort of progressivism inside the world of gaming i mean especially as like a gay gamer i mean how do you find that the overall video game industry supports you, if at all, um, you know, because I think gamers themselves and the video game industry can kind of have a reputation for being, you know, misogynistic and kind of a, a dirty, nasty place sometimes for people who might not know any better or who maybe only read headlines about, you know, Gamergate or whatever else it is. I think the video game world can be kind of a confusing place for people. I mean, we, you know how do you find it to be now and and how you know would you maybe try to change people's minds who have a certain way of thinking when it comes to gamers 
Well, I, I think that first of all, I, I would say, you know, I, I would be in touch with the community and, and, and the what's going on in, in games journalism. You know, I think uh, for for, you know, whatever um, criticism you have of, of games journalism, it does a pretty good job of, of covering what's what's important and and what's happening. And, and you know, no, no journalism does that perfectly. But I think it ours is, is pretty um, there's a lot of representation there. And I, I think that video games as an industry is so huge that it's really not it, it, it's like anything. There's there's good players and bad players across the whole spectrum. I don't think that it's helmed by solely good people or, or bad people. All I can say is that I feel really welcome because I have found people in video games who are gay or, or allies and um, that make me feel comfortable, that make me feel heard. And I think that's true of any industry. Um, but, you know, since since it is so close to my heart, I've seen so many nonprofits dedicated to, um, you know, uh, gamers who, who want to represent LGBTQ, uh, that community, who want to help out, um, you know, the mental health community and give back to to um, to that or, or to children or to the terminally ill or to mm -hmm. veterans. You know, it's it's there's a lot of good that that games has brought together. And I think, you know, good people will do good no matter what. But if games can bring them together and give them a platform, I think that's that's great. Yeah. And, and then in terms of like what is in games, that's a whole nother conversation of if we're represented. Right. Well, in the stories and, and, you know, that similar to film, it's just, you know, who you put behind the camera, so to speak, is has a lot to do with that and who you, who you give money to. And that's slowly, you know, changing over time. Um, there's there's bigger conversations about, you know, unionization. You know, I, I think that all these topics are, are, are related is, is my point. And so, you know, when, when that changes, I think we'll see other other changes uh, um, fall in line with that in yeah. terms of representation and inclusivity. So um, I, I think my, my biggest thing to say is just video games are so big. It's, it's, the, it's a bigger industry than film now. And, and that's not to, to brag, but uh, <laughs> I mean, we are the best. But, sure sounded like it. But it, it, it's just to say that, you know, it's so big that it en encompasses people who are, are really bad and, and the, the, sure. the dark part of the internet. And well, look at, I mean, yeah, look at movies. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same just, for everything. Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, just like that thing, I just keep in mind that sometimes the loudest voices are, are not indicative of right. the actual community. It's just the people who are loudest or right. more sensational and, right. you know, things like Gamergate and, and people who are really alt-right they're, they're in games too, but you know, they might just get headlines down that it doesn't mean that, that's what gamers are. I, I yeah. will also add that, you know, video games have a, a long, longer stereotype of, you know, decades old of being for kids or for child-minded folk, you know, <laughs> yeah. men, men, children, sure. and, and also men over women, which all of those are false. It's just, you know, there's just as many women playing as men today. Um, there's, I, I don't know the stats on age, but I, I think that there's probably more adults than kids playing. I or somewhere around there. I mean, it's it's games are for everyone. Everyone plays games, um, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. So I, I would just say if you have any takeaways from the game industry or games, and you're not a gamer, try and just base it in fact, and you know talk to gamers and read some articles. And I have the most important question for you. Okay, what do you think of that cookie? He's biting it. I mean, well, it's my second bite. Oh, it's okay. really sugary. Yeah. I will say, this is a great texture. It is. 
it's 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 one of those like um it's funny though how they're like baked. oh here it is they they Very don't buttery they dense yeah they like don't want to call it a cookie like they're trying to play it off as some like protein snack or something you know this is a cookie although a better for you treat it's made with oh well guess what the number one ingredient in that cookie is I don't know. Stevia? Chickpeas. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Proud to be a certified woman-owned company. Well, there you go. Making these better and better. Rule breaker snacks. Interesting. Yeah. I it's mean, it's good. It's not like Right. This is not... And you, it's you so small. Have this it's, as a meal. Yeah. It's not that small. It's a pretty big cookie. Yeah. It was okay. It's like, not, I would definitely... I don't... Yeah, I would definitely eat this again. I don't know that I would go out of my way to buy it again. You know what I mean? I might. I mean, this is a lot better than I thought. It's not as, like, you know, aggressively sweet as, like... That first chocolate cookie was so chalky and pasty. Yeah, it looked like it. Yeah, this is much better. This is, like... Texture-wise. Yeah, it feels... uh, What do you call it? Homemade. Yeah, I don't know that I would know that it was vegan. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um... Well, that's great. I mean, thank you for all the the video game perspective. I mean, that's something that we've never talked about on this podcast before. I think it's interesting to to have that perspective out there. Yeah, and I think um, you know, esports. It that's going to be. Um, I hope a topic that you revisit at some point. Yeah, I know. I would like to because it it really is. Um, you know, we didn't get into this, and I I don't have too much stats on it, but I mean, there's a lot of LGBTQ representation right. in esports, and um, I think that that as a as a machine, as a as an industry functions similar to the lead of sports, as, you know, knowing the little I know about sports. Uh, what do you know about sports? Oh, there's a ball. <laughs> At least one. Yeah, well, sometimes. No, there's a ball in every sport. That's, yep, sure, all right. In hockey, there's a ball. It's just a flat ball. <laughs> and that flat ball is called what? Uh, It's a, it's a frisbee. It's a short frisbee. <laughs> what is it called? Thank you. Yeah. What's the thing you told me about hockey last week? <laughs> you taught me some rule that I never learned. I don't know. We lived together for long enough. There was enough hockey on. You should have learned yeah. the rules by You then. probably just taught me the same thing over and over again. I just forgot every time. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I used to play a hockey video game. Yeah, I used to love hockey video games. I used to play one on the computer all the time. I forget what it was called. And then there was... What was it? There's like Wayne Gretzky's, I think. And then there was... What was it called? It was just called like Shots or something. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember what it was mm-hmm. called. Um yeah, I should play hockey video games all the time. But we should, for sure. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um Okay. Well, to wrap up here, maybe, as we wind down, I think it might be nice to look ahead as mm-hmm. we've been looking back this entire time. Uh I think twenty nineteen's been a pretty cool year and, and and certainly for everybody who listens to this podcast, thank you again. It's been really fun and I look forward to growing with everybody in the new year. I'm, I'm excited about what's to come, but uh, when I look to the new year, there's there are a lot of things I'm excited about, a lot of things I want to see happen. Does anything jump out at you for moving forward, whether that means a movie or a game or a show that you're looking forward to or, or even something more? I mean, I know that there are games. It's a big, big year for you in terms of games, but it's you can huge. mention those, but also, I don't know, even more broadly, uh, I don't know if you have any goals or resolutions for yourself. 
Uh, so many. I mean, yeah, just to catch up on arts and entertainment as much as I can. And yep. Catch up on it and keep up with. I yeah, think you got to finish the meat. You got to stop going to the buffet and then, like, yeah, I gotta only f- having salad. You got to fucking just go for the main course. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I'm, you know, we've talked about our Google spreadsheets on. <laughs> we love things. a Google spreadsheet. We're really planning things out over here. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think just keeping up on, on that, I think um, – you know, um, personally, you know, we talked ad nauseum about that. But I think it, one thing I was thinking about today is just remembering why I got into certain things. When when you're in an industry, you, you know, even just influenced by but not actually working in, but or, or in an industry town like L.A., you, you get caught up in the machinations of how to how to rise up and how to meet people and, and whatnot. And I think I just want to get to a point where I remember how I – why I started certain stuff and yeah. you know, having fun again. Um, and, and, um, and I think also, um, I, I really don't know. I don't have a, a solid resolution on this, but just trying to be as, as productive and helpful, I guess, helpful as I can in 2020, the, the big year, that will be whatever happens next year. So <laughs> I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about the progress that I'm already sensing happening in the world of LGBTQ sports. I mean, when I started this podcast, um, you know, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, I guess, um, it, it, it felt more murky then i think so much progress has been made with athletes coming out telling their stories journalists coming out telling their stories i've been fortunate enough to talk to a lot of them on the show and it just feels like the momentum is is really pushing us forward i mean whether you know whether or not that means that you know maybe in the year 2020 we do get an openly gay athlete in one of the four major sports i don't that i don't think i think that's a a silly thing to even kind of want to wish for because i don't think that's any sort of benchmark that we should be uh, sort of guiding ourselves to because you know that'll happen when it happens and that progress will will come in time but I'm I'm excited about the smaller stories I mean like somebody I was thinking of today like Jake Atlas who has been on this podcast before he's openly gay um, openly gay wrestler I talked to him uh, you know was it earlier this year late last year about his story and, and within the last couple months has signed a contract with WWE and and in the year 2020, we'll hopefully be making big professional strides. It'd be really cool to have an openly gay male wrestler uh, in WWE. We've had one before, but, you know, I, I think Jake might be able to really do some special things. So I think of people like him uh, and, and it's just exciting. I, I'm, I can't wait to see who is able to sort of live their truth in in the most open and honest way. Because like I said, I, I think with the, with the support of the community and it's just growing bigger and bigger by the day i think the uh the expectations are are or the possibilities i should say are are limitless and endless and i can't wait to see i think it's going to be a really really big year for for queer people in the world of sports and and hopefully i can be a small part of that along the way agreed (laughs) such a good coast you yeah you are my coaster guest uh you're certainly a guest um has it been fun for you yeah i'm glad it's fun good i'm glad you uh you've been a great guest i i appreciate your insight as always um 
I can't believe you've been on the. I can't believe you've, you're a same team guest now. Co-host. Guest. Sure. Guest. Who does LeBron James play for? LeBron King James. Who does he play for? He plays for um, one of their colors is purple. Okay. Is that true? Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, it's basketball. I know that much. <laughs> okay. Um. Is it's one of the uh, Los Angeles? That's correct. Not Lakers. I don't know. What are the what's the other one? Clippers. Yep. Is are those the two? No, there's a third one. There's two. We get oh uh Lakers. That's correct. No, it's not. Yeah. Really? You're promoted to co-host now, I guess. That backfired in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, moving forward, Xander Pox has to do co-host of this podcast, apparently, <laughs> ruining my life more and more by the day. Uh, all right, Xander, say goodbye. Goodbye, Xander. I feel, oh, God, I feel, uh, we ate too many snacks. I had just enough. I'm starting to feel sick. <laughs> yeah, those are dense, though. Uh, anyway. Thank you very much for being on here. And thank you for listening. If you've made it through all this, the two of us just rambling. I mean, this is a conversation we would have had off mic. So yeah, it's totally. great that we're just putting this out into the world. <laughs> I hope anybody who uh, who listened enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you're looking for suggestions of things to watch or listen to, uh, take some of ours. There's things to play. Take, you know, the games that Xander said are, are all great. And it's been a fun year. So if you've missed some stuff, go back and go back and watch because, you know, there's a lot of joy to get maybe over the holidays when you need to sneak away into a bedroom and binge a TV show on a computer or something. Yeah. Take my suggestions, take Xander's suggestions. Uh, but thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast regularly. Appreciate it. Uh, if this is your first time, maybe you're a Xander fan. Who knows? You have a fan club out there. Uh, if you're a Xander fan, uh, like and subscribe, baby. <laughs> need all the support I can get. <laughs> Uh, no, but thank you. Sincerely, it's been a really fun year on the podcast. Can't wait for more. And uh, happy holidays, everybody. Happy New Year. Until next time, Daniel Trainer and my new co-host. Yes. Say your name. Xander Poxad. Signing off. Bye. Bye.